We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. And uh, I'm just going to let you know what I'm going to preach about tonight. I'm going to get straight into the scripture. Okay, and just to give you a pre-warning for you who've been Christians for a long time and maybe you brought a friend, this may not be the most exciting news for you to hear where I'm going to preach from because this passage in Mark 9 is entitled, The Disciples Unable to Cast Out a Demon. You're like, Pastor, again, come on, I brought my friend, and all I was praying is just don't preach anything weird. Just preach the five steps to a successful life. My friend is here for the first time. Come on, we're going we're gonna to have a great time tonight. It's going to be fun. You're going to learn some stuff. But hey, look, we all believe in the supernatural. Okay, we all agree in the supernatural, and hopefully all the kids are out and global kids. Come on, demons are real. Some of you may be thinking you're sitting next to one right now. Just look straight ahead. You know, when I, when I was a new Christian, I thought everybody had a demon until I realized it was probably me who had one funny story. Uh, I, was, I was camp, speaking of camp, I was the, the youth pastor at the time, and we had a camp, and it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and we were in, I was in a bunk bed, I was in the bottom bunk, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, the person on the top bunk started speaking in a strange voice. They began to say uh, things like, Du hast mein rainbow boygen French stritzel. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a demon. Woke up in the morning, I realized it was Tom, he was German, and he happened to... He happened to Sleep talk in his sleep, and he was just speaking in German. I just thought it was, but anyway, so Matthias, if you're watching, fantastic, our Hamburg campus. But we're going to speak about, uh, <laughs> we're going to speak about a little bit of a, the demonic night tonight, but it's a good story, and, and I'm going to get a great message out of it. It's in Mark 9, I'm going to read from verse 14, but I need to give you a little bit of a background, what's happening right before this story. If you've been in church for any amount of time, the story before this story I'm about to read you is the story they call uh, Jesus being transfigured, okay, or the transfiguration, it might say in your Bible. In fact, this is a story where Jesus climbs up a mountain. He takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain with him, and then when he gets up the mountain, two guys appear to him that have been dead for a long time, but these are important guys in the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, Elijah and Moses appear to them. And not only that, it says that Jesus like transforms, he transfigures into like his true sort of form. Like if you used to watch Dragon Ball Z, it was a bit like that. Like, like you know, his face would shine. His, his disciples like freaked out. You know, James, John and, and Peter like, oh, what do we do? So this is a story that happens before and they're coming down the mountain from this fantastic God experience, and they're about to encounter a demonic experience. They're about to encounter an experience with some supernatural forces from the enemy. So I just want to just start with this. Okay, do not be surprised that after you have an encounter with God, the very next thing that happens is all hell breaks loose. Don't be surprised that when you're coming down from your mountain experience, the first thing that hits you in the face is not more mountain experiences, it's a demonic experience, an attack from the enemy. The enemy isn't happy when you have an experience with God. Are you ready? Can we read this together? It's going to come up on the screen. It says, now when they came down the mountain, the other nine disciples were were there, 
they noticed a large crowd of people gathered around them with religious scholars arguing with them. Get this, it says the crowd was astonished, or some translations say they were overwhelmed with wonder when they saw Jesus himself walking towards them, so they immediately ran out to welcome him. Let me encourage you, sometimes you've got to break away from the crowd. Come on, the crowd that's disputing which side is right, which side is wrong. You just need to go to Jesus. Sometimes we can't go to the crowd. Come on, to, to, to get our thesis or our theology, we need to go, oh, Jesus is here. We need to run to Jesus. They ran to Jesus, and Jesus says to them, what are you arguing about with religious scholars? And then a man spoke up in the crowd. He said, teacher, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. Come on, this story is getting exciting. He says, I brought him here to you, Jesus. And he says, whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down and he foams from the mouth and gnashes his teeth like this. You know, anyone seen that World War Z movie? A bit like that. Like, this is a crazy sort of thing. This is how I picture man. I'm like, if you don't think the Bible is exciting, come on, you need to open it and read some of the stories in there. Come on, he's foaming from the mouth and he gnashes from the teeth and his body becomes stiff as a board. I brought him to your disciples, Jesus. Come on, I brought him to your boys, hoping they could deliver him, but the force was not strong with them. In fact, they were missing some infinity stones. They were not strong enough to cast out this demon. This, this guy was not happy. And Jesus says to them this key verse. I'm going to get back to it toward the end, towards the end of my sermon. He says, why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. So they brought him to Jesus, and as soon as the demon saw him, there he goes again. The boy went into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolling around, <laughs> foaming from the mouth. Jesus turned to the father, asked him, how long has your son been tormented like this? Since childhood, he replied. He tries, and, he, he tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or water. Isn't it interesting that the enemy always tries to take you out just before you encounter Jesus? I don't know who's here tonight. I don't know how you got here tonight, but I know for some of you, it wasn't an easy journey to get to church tonight. Maybe it wasn't an easy journey, maybe years of a difficult journey before you found yourself in a position that, hey, I need to get myself in church. Come on, the enemy knows. Come on, the enemy knows that, hey, if this person gets to church and encounters Jesus, his life is going to be changed. Her life is going to be changed. I need to get in there. Come on, and take him out, take her out before they encounter Jesus. Over and over again, they try to kill him, throwing him in the fire, in the water. But hear this, it says, but please, if you are able to do something, turn to your neighbor and say, if. If you are able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. I love Jesus' response, and this is where I get the title of my message. Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe all things are possible to those who believe. My title for tonight is What If. Turn to the person and say to you, say to them, what if? Come on, isn't that a question? I think this is probably the, the question that we ask ourselves the most. What if? It's a pivotal question. What if? It's a, it's a question of uncertainty. We, we, we ask this question. Come on, let's get real in this place. What if I was taller? Come on, what, come on. What if I was smarter? Come on, what if I was better looking? Come on, what if 
I just actually stuck to that New Year's resolution. I know it's only the 17th of January, but I actually went to the gym. What if? What if? Come on. What if I took that job? What if I didn't take that job? What if I went to university? What if I switched my course? What if I went to Global Heart, uh, Global Heart Church Leadership College? What if I put faith in God and said, hey, God, wherever you send me, I'm going. Hey, God, there's other campuses all around the world. Hey, God, what if? Well, sometimes we can look with this question, what if, to things that have already happened with remorse. What if I said no? What if I went to a different location? What if I didn't move countries? What if I listened to the advice of that friend or that mentor that said not to date her or to date him? What if? Come on, let's get real. What if I didn't give in to that temptation? What if instead of, what if instead of going on a date to a place I shouldn't have, maybe, maybe, maybe what if I went to that date to Adventure World to have a thrill instead of going to a house for Netflix and chill? What if? How about this? Maybe for some of you here tonight, you're just hanging on by a thread. You're like, what if I decided to leave church? Come on, let's get real. Or maybe you're here tonight and you haven't been to church in a long time and you say to yourself, what if I never left church? What if I never left that relationship I had with Jesus? Come on, this what if question. It's a question that's full of uncertainty. It's full of unknown. This what if question. We can drive ourselves insane with the question, what if? Wouldn't it be great if we could know the ending while we're living in the moment right now. If we knew how the situation would end, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could know the ending? And uh, there's a fantastic film, and uh, it's, hopefully you've seen it. This is going to really show my age. Maybe not. It's called The Book of Eli. Fantastic movie, not just because of the name. It's got Denzel Washington in it. But spoiler alert, you've had plenty of time to see it. I'm going to tell you how it ends. Come on, it came out in like 2010. If you haven't seen it, get it out after. I'm about to ruin it for you, but, you know, you're watching the movie. And you're like, this is a good action movie. He's doing some crazy, like, action fighting scenes. He's shooting weird-looking cats. And it's post-apocalyptic. It's all sorts of stuff. He's got this mystery book, which we find out in the end is the Bible, which is pretty cool too. And, uh, but in the end, you find out that he's blind. One person's seen it. Who's seen the book of Eli? <laughs> Fantastic. And you're like, what? You're like, he was blind the whole time. And what do you do? You watch it again. And you're like, oh, that's why he ran into that thing. Oh, that's, oh, that's why he's doing that. Come on, but isn't that some, sometimes like our journey with God? Come on, we can look back on the journey once we've come to the other side of it. And we can see all those times we were complaining. All those times we wanted to leave. All those times we were yelling to God in our prayers or not even going to God. And now on the other side of it, at the end of the movie, we're looking back and going, 
Oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, now I see. Oh, what? that's why it happened. Do you know what I also love about these movies? Is when you watch that movie, The Book of Eli, when you've seen it, and they haven't seen it. And they're like watching the movie, and you're like one of those weird people, and you're not watching the movie, you're watching them for their reaction. They're like watching this action scene, and you're looking at them like this. Because you're like, are they going to figure it out? You're just really dying to tell them. Come on. None of you. That's just me. But isn't that like a, 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 a Christian journey as well? Sometimes we see people who are going through things that maybe we've conquered in our journey with God. And they're looking for us for sympathy or for us to side with them. But we're like smiling at them. Like, like, like just hang on. Just, just hang on to the end. Come on, just get through the next scene. Come on, just get next through the next part. Because when you get to the end of this scene, when you get to the end of this movie, it's going to make sense in Jesus' name. The book of Eli. It always makes sense. The what if makes sense when we get to the end of the movie. Say what if to the person next to you. I mean, the first time. <laughs> the first time, you know, with anything, there's a lot of what ifs. I remember uh, having my first daughter, Chloe, as a new dad, or any, any first-time dads with new kids. There's a lot of what ifs. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to change a nappy. I didn't know how to do anything. In fact, when the nurse is like, you know what, your baby Chloe, she needs colostrum. I'm like, what the heck is colostrum? Isn't that a place in Rome where the gladiators used to fight? And she's like, no, that's the Colosseum. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know what colostrum is. Some of you don't know what colostrum is, just ask your mum. That'll be, I'm not going to get into that, I don't have time. But, <laughs> but once you had the second kid, it's like, oh good, I understand, fantastic, we're fully packed, all our bags packed, small nappies, all the stuff we need. Because we've done it before, we've seen how this story goes. Now this guy, in the story I just read to you, this father with the son, who's had this this, this demon in him, this, this situation his whole life, he's having a what-if moment when he encounters God, and I, I don't blame him. Because, you know, us reading the story, we know how it ends. If you don't, I'm going to read it to you in a moment. But us who, who know the Bible, we know that this story turns out good. We can look at this guy and go, ah, come on, it's Jesus. It's going to be fine if Jesus says it's going to be fine. But this guy, he doesn't know how this story ends. In fact, all he's ever known, because it says his child this has happened to his son from childhood. This is all that's, that he's ever known is that this child has been continually tormented. So I can understand why he's having a bit of doubt, why he's having a what-if moment. What if this doesn't change? Because I believe this is not the first thing he tried. In fact, he's taken him to the disciples, and that didn't work. I've heard about the disciples. What if this Jesus guy who's just come from the, down from the mountain, whoever he is, what if that doesn't make a difference? What if, what if, what if? What if? But what I do love about this guy is his first response. And if you're taking notes, this is a response that I want to encourage you to have. His response in verse 24. He said, when he heard this, when Jesus says, what do you mean, what if? If you're able to believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Verse 24, he says, When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do not believe, Lord, but help my little faith. Or some translations say, but help me with my unbelief. Friend, 
Whether you're a Christian, a new Christian, Christian for years, or maybe you're in here tonight and you would say, I don't even believe in God. I want to challenge you to go home and pray this prayer. This is how it looks to say exactly the same words here and say, God, I don't believe you, but help me with my unbelief. And you watch how God pulls through, how you encounter someone during the week, and you'd be like, wow, is that just a coincidence? Maybe you're a Christian here. Come on, but we're all facing what-if situations. Maybe God is stirring your heart to do something big, but there's what-ifs going all through your mind. I want you to go home and say, God, help me with my unbelief. It's a powerful prayer. Help me with my unbelief. What if? Seven minutes. We're going to finish on time, trust me. The band's going to come up. I know for some of you have been here for a while. It seems pretty early, but I'm exactly on time. <laughs> so what do we do? I mean, being a Christian for a long time or being a new Christian or not even knowing God, we'll all have this this doubt, this uncertainty. And I'm going to rewind to a verse, and this is a perplexing verse, but it's, it's verse 19, and I said I'd come back to it. He says, Jesus says to him, when, when they brought him to him, and Jesus says, why are you such faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. Come on, can I, can I, maybe it's just me, but this sounds pretty rude from Jesus. Like if Jesus was my boss and then I went home from this meeting, I'd be like, come on, we were doing our best, Jesus. You didn't have to respond like that, like calling us faithless people. How much longer must I remain with you, with your unbelief? Not that I do that with my boss. <laughs> he wasn't listening. It's all good. <laughs> but as I think about it you know in this moment this is, this is rightful for the disciples because this is who he's talking to who are trying to heal the, heal the young boy but they couldn't this is who Jesus was talking to it's rightful for them to go home and go why should we even bother like we're trying our best because they didn't know the end of the story come on I'm getting somewhere they didn't know how the story ended. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the last thing? The end of the movie, the last thing that Jesus says to his disciples? Some of you do. It's going to come up on the screen. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, he says this. He says, go into all the world, and make disciples, baptizing him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo and behold, wherever you go, get this, there I will be with you. So Jesus is saying, how long must I be with you? And they're thinking, well, all the time would be great. 
And I can think Jesus is smirking on the inside because he knows in time, there'll be a time where you and me, there'll be a time when his disciples no longer have to worry that Jesus is up in the mountain. In fact, Jesus says that if we're doing the work of God, if we're making disciples, if we're doing what it is that God has called us to do, no matter the challenge, lo and behold, he's there with us all the time. See, it's not about a reason. We don't need a reason, God, why are you doing this when you have a revelation that God is with you. You don't need a reason when God, come on, reasons, reasons get you tangled and stuck in a spot. Well, this is why I can't do this. This is why God can't use me. This is why I'll never do anything significant. If, 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 what if I was, if I was just a bit smarter, if I was just, if God would use me, if they gave me an opportunity to preach, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, reasons, reasons, reasons. But when you have a revelation, God, I don't fully understand what's happening. God, I don't know why I'm going this right now. But God, I trust you. When you have a revelation, you know, in the end, it turns out good. Come on. Paul said himself, Philippians 4 verse 7, he said, no matter the outcome, no matter how it may look to everybody else, it says that the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, whether full stomach or empty stomach, I know what it's like to have lots, I know what it's like to have little, but through God's strength, I can do all things in Jesus' name. Get this, you have to listen carefully because I believe that question, what if, begins to change no longer to what if, but what's if? Not what if, but what's if? It's like, I don't care, I've only got one plan. It's follow Jesus. It's not like if he doesn't pull through, I'm going to do this. It's like, what's if, Jesus? I have one plan. It's Jesus. I'm going to continue to follow him. It's Jesus. The band's here. Two minutes. This story has a good ending. And I love the ending in this story because it reminds me of my journey when I first became a believer of Jesus, when I first got connected with my Father in heaven. And I believe it's the same story for a lot of us in here. It says in verse 26, it says, The demon shrieked, and threw the boy into terrible seizures and finally came out of him. Come on, it always gets worse before it gets better. And it says the boy lay there and he looked like a corpse. He went from a crazy, rolling in the fire, doing some weird fire dancing, drowning in the lake, foaming from the mouth, but all of a sudden, he's still. So still, in fact, it says he looks like a corpse. I want to encourage you, sometimes when you get your life sorted with God, things become normal, and normal can be scary. It's like, well, nothing's happening. There's no chaos, and I'm actually not moving. You know what? God's sometimes keeping you still because He's going to allow you to get used to things being normal. In fact, it said everyone, it was so normal that everyone, all the people who knew Him, thought He was dead. They thought the worst. No, he's actually healed. And all the loved ones are like, whoa, this is not good. He's dead. Oh, that, 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 oh, my Jimmy. He must have joined a cult. Oh, he's got his life sorted. Oh, he's normal now. Oh, he's dead to me. 
Has anyone experienced this? Like people are right when you're crazy. But when you're normal, it's like, he's gone. He's done. He's one of those churches now. But I love this. This is how I'm going to finish. And I'm going to give you that opportunity, like I said at the beginning. I love this. It says, verse 27. But Jesus, he stooped down gently and took his hand and raised him up to his feet. And he stood there completely set free. See, friend, you don't have to do this alone. Jesus says, reach out your hand. Come on, you've done this crazy life by yourself, but now take hold of me. Come on, you've given your life to me. You've encountered Jesus. No longer worry. I've got you. And he picks you up. And he shows you a new life in Jesus' name. Can you stand to your feet? For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.